podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just 2 bucks on the one 2 3 menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Just came Hello everyone and welcome to Chelsea Hour, Chelsea, Touchline Frackers Chelsea podcast. Um, I'm joined here by three fantastic guests. We've got a regular Joe back again. How you doing, Joe? Yeah, good, mate. How's it going? Good, bro. And then we got Anu, who you guys have heard, I think, two times before. What's up, Anu? Patrick, Hat-trick. Oh, it better be a good one. And then always we got um, Thomas, who's new. What's up, Thomas? Yeah, what's good, guys? What's good? What's good? What's good? All right, cool. So we've just come off a big, a couple of big games actually. Obviously, we had the City game, um, which again, as Jose said, he's worried because we don't seem to be doing too good in the big games. But yeah, so we had the. The Man City game on the weekend, and then yesterday we had the Valencia game, which I don't know about you guys, but that was the most roller coaster game of the season. So we're going to be touching on um, topic points from that. So obviously, let me just kind of hear your thoughts on how you think the game went, Joe. If you can start off, uh, I think Valencia was was kind of something we've seen pretty pretty frequently this season. It was. You know, we, we tend to be a little bit more aggressive now against the the sort of bigger sides or in, or in Europe we've seen this season. Resembled a little bit, I think, of a basketball game at times. Um, I think probably going forward in particular, Lampard and, and Co are going to have to figure out a little bit more of a balanced approach mm-hmm. for some of these games. Um, you know, I, I think we, we could have maybe been a, uh, maybe a, a few goals up in the first half. I'm, I'm thinking in particular there was a cross that, that Reese put into William who he sort of ran in and he, he was kind of caught in two minds whether to sort of head it or control it and volley it. Um, but second half, I think last 15, 20 minutes after we made the the, the changes in terms of the formation, yeah, I think we, we were quite lucky to not lucky to hold on. But I mean, it, it wouldn't surprise me if it would have been three two to Valencia. Can, can but, I jump in? Because it was the last game now. Can I jump in there? Because yeah, of course, yeah. You, Joe, you have the strongest agenda I've ever seen in my life. You really are against Jorginho, and obviously we're in the chat, and I think a lot of people, not just you, were saying that Jorginho was having a bad game. But just like you referenced. After he came off, I know you said after there were some changes, but I think it was after he came off 
that we kind of lost all sorts of control. So do you think that actually we played better when Jorginho was on than when he was off? In this particular game or in general? Yeah, no, in this particular game. Um, it's, it's a tough one because, I mean, it's it's not a, a secret that I'm not hugely fond of him as a, as a number six or as a holding player, but I think in terms of the skill set that he has, there isn't really anyone at the moment that we have that can they can sort of come on and do a similar kind of uh, job. I mean, the only person I can think of yeah. would be to, to push someone like Rhys James into midfield, but then again, then you're, you're back to Azpilicueta at right back and Alonso potentially at left back or, or Emerson. Um, mm. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think that the structure was more the fact that I, I don't think at the moment we've really got anyone in the squad but you're giving um, me who, like, who can play it to that level. You're giving me a politician's answer. I just asked you straight, like, did we play better? Uh, no, see, I, I'm in the business <laughs> of politics, though, Dan, so, you know. Uh, <laughs> all right, guys, Anu. Thomas, what are you guys saying? Uh, Joe's against Jorginho. Uh, what is your breakdown? Yeah, specific- go on, yeah I know. Okay. Um, I left the game, right, as soon as the whistle went at the end, I was mm. furious. I was so mad. Mm. Um, it, was, it was just so, so badly handled, yeah. um, in my opinion. And it was just like, what, was- what is happening here? Now, so yeah, I've got to ask, what is exactly do I mean yeah, by that? exactly. That's my job, man. What was badly yeah, handled? Um, so, so we, what? If we, I'm even going to ignore the goals we conceded. Yeah. But we, we now it's now two two. Um, what? Fifteen twenty minutes left. Yeah. We know how important a draw is and how detrimental conceding would have been. Yeah. First of all, it took so long for that change. I thought a change should have happened very uh, early on. As soon as, honestly, I thought maybe five ten minutes after we went up. Um, to secure to secure in front of the back four, there was so much space they were getting in behind. Yes. So Jorginho, because what happens? Jorginho runs up and Kovacic, they both go up, yes. and the gap in between the uh, centre mids and the uh, back four is so big. So yes. they had so much space; it was so naive. Mm. So I thought the change did happen earlier. Then when the change did happen, we had five at the back. I was like, okay, cool. But it was like the instructions from the sideline were like, were to still go ahead and get this goal. Mm. And just forget about defending. When you see the Aspilicueta in the last two minutes overlapping each day, what's happening here? What's happening? And then they get that chance in the last. I was furious. I thought it was so badly managed by Lampard and the coaching staff. And I thought it was so naive. And I, it made me actually really worry if Lampard, I, if Lampard is actually so- going to cost us so big in a big game. By just wanting to be wanting to do this attacking football yeah. that Chelsea likes to watch. Yes, everyone likes to watch us now, yeah. but not just for the good reasons. They like us because they know the game's going to be chaos. Yeah. Honestly, there was better there was better defending or better like um, teams that play like let's say Sunday League had more had slightly more sense than what we were doing. Yeah. It was I thought it was honestly shocking. So, so, so you're worried? It. You're worried like Jose like oh, in big games. Big game's going to happen. We'll get to knock our stage. We're going to get a big team and a game where we just need to just set up shop and just play on the counter, which I think this team is. I think this team can be. Yeah. But obviously, the instructions that the managing staff, it clearly, we don't play counter. We clearly want to play attack, attack, attack. Yeah. Just when our back four, I don't think it's capable at this time of managing um, when they're, when um, the other team have the ball coming straight at it. 100%. So I don't even think a back four is even capable of doing that. So yet you still, and Lampard can see this, yet you still want to do this attack. attack. It's going to cost us a big game. There's yeah. going to be a 100% big game and yeah. it's just going to, we're just going to be silly. Do you know what's crazy to me? Like, 
Kovacic scored his, his first goal. We'll get on to that. But after the game, like you said, Anu, I noticed there was a gap between the midfield and defence. And Lampard's takeaway after the game was that Kovacic needs to get more forward. And I was like, bruh, Kante's playing like an attacking midfielder. When Mount's playing, he's pressing like a second striker. So, I think... Yeah, it's the manager. I don't understand. I don't get it. Like twenty percent two two just literally secured this game and just chill. How can you? I, I, but obviously he's telling them get this goal, get this goal. If they conceded that last tapping, which they should have, I don't know how they did it. How really many tapping? How many tapping did they have? They should have scored six goals. Yeah, hundred percent. They should have scored six yeah. goals. And the fact we stayed in it was just good. But there's no way we're going to get that luck in come bigger game. No chance. There's, there's no and way. This, and then it goes back to. I listen to the last podcast. Goes back to the Mourinho have a point. Listen, I'm not lamping it anyway. Let me not shout. No, no, go, go, go. You're, this is your you've got freedom. I to the last. I listened to the last podcast, and it was like, what your oh, thoughts? Whether what Mourinho said was yeah, quite right, or whether he was just having a dig. And honestly, I think it can be argued to be right, and here it must be a big an example of just what he's saying coming yeah. to light. Yeah, it wasn't even a bit it, that. Valencia is, are not that great, and that's clearly signed by the chances they missed. Yeah, imagine a PSG come to us. Too late. It's over. It's over. I watched that game, uh, no. Barca versus PSG. No, not Barca. PSG versus Madrid. Um, the yeah. quality on on show, and like what you're saying is completely true. And in terms of Mourinho, you're saying was it a dig or was he actually being true? That you could be, you can be truthful and still have a dig. So, 100% to yeah. pick up the negatives, yeah. Yeah, so I think that, yeah, he what he was saying was right, like I said on the podcast, but at the same time, it was a dig. He knew he was going to Spurs and he wanted to unsettle us. And it's, and it's worked to a degree. Thomas, I want to get your thoughts on the game. Um, all right, guys. Um, I have two points to make. Um, first and foremost, regarding Lampard, obviously, um, he is very, he's still new to the game. So I don't I don't really want to criticize him that much. What I like to see is a process. I think we are putting the right process in place. Yes, we don't have the quality or the experience, but you have to look at it um, almost like a longer term way. Because essentially, like if you if you look at Klopp's first year, if you look at Pep's first year, hmm. they were still playing attacking football. They were still going at it. They were setting their blueprint up. I think that's what Lampard is doing. If you add the quality and experience to the blueprint that Lampard is setting up right now, essentially, like there's 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 places this team can go. So that's why I don't want to like. That's why I don't want to like criticize him too much per se. Okay. Um. I my but personally, my expectations for um this season isn't that great. So I'm gonna just take um I'm just gonna take anything as a positive. All right. So with the context and of that counter. Yeah, go, 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 Anu. I was going to counter the, you said process, learning yeah. from mistakes. Counter that shit. Uh, I want to counter that. How, 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 at what point do you say, does Lampard, okay, Lampard's new, learning from mistakes, cool. At what point do you say, Lampard, there's a problem back for why you're not adjusting this in training? We're literally, how many games in, 16 games in, mm. what what process keep, oh yeah, we need to let, we, he's, he's new to it. He's not even that new to it. He's been, he's been in Madison for a year now. It's yeah. just a classic case of, it's not even with me with no management experience. I can tell that there's clearly an issue with the back four. Yeah. So not Lampard's other. He's with these guys surely every day. That these guys need to secure it up a bit more. Put someone in front of them. It's just every game. There's the the defensive frailties are just enormous. Yeah, and that was an issue with him with Derby. 
Now, he said it's a process. It's a process. Oh, he's new mm. to it. He's new to it. Okay, we get that. But when is he just gonna realize that? Look, we have a fault there. Address it. And uh, uh, I, I don't know. I think like you have to look at it this way. You see the back four that we started with. Um, the season, or yeah, he actually you no, know, just like last game, he actually did change the back four. So you put Aspie left back. You put Reese James right back. He introduced Christensen into the team. So you can't really say that he's not trying to do different things, Not that he's not trying to learn. He actually is. And I don't think it's fair to, to just, like, it's not even been like half a season yet. You can't say that, that well, well, when are we going to say, if you get but, what I mean. But Thomas, Thomas, so what I was going to say, which is another criticism of your point, is I fully understand it's his first year in the Premier League. You're saying he's new to this. Don't forget he's been a footballer before he was a manager. So he's noticed a lot of games and, and changes that managers make. He's supposed to be like, um, you know, re- relying on his um, experience as a player and the managers that he's played under. But also, just in terms of like what, uh, yes, you can say that he's new to this, but you can still criticise it, right? So even though Pep was new last season. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. exactly. So in terms of your criticisms of what you saw yesterday, what, what were your actual criticisms? I'm, I get you're not going to nail him to the mask I'm, for I'm, it. I'm coming to that. I did say I have two okay, points cool. to make. Okay, here. cool, so, cool. Um, essentially, um, uh, we need to start a dialogue on Andreas Christensen, in my opinion. I mean, I know he hasn't played for a while, mm. but um, I think yesterday's game, like the uncertainty in defence, there was just no calmness there whatsoever. It was so chaotic. He's and terrible crosses. Yeah, it was just... Partly due to like just Christensen, like it's almost like he's a coward in defense. I'm like, how are you the a defender yeah. when you don't like? It seems like he doesn't like making tackles, and that sort of play, that confidence, rubs off on other players. Like when you're when you're nervous on the ball, like when you're nervous in the box, it rubs off on the rest of the defensive line. So yeah. this is this is this comes back to my point that you know obviously. Maybe, yes, yeah, obviously Lampard does deserve to get criticised for this game. Yeah. Like, I didn't like his tactical switch at all, for example. Yeah, yeah. okay, wait, 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 before you move on, let's just, I what? just have to say this. Someone said, um, as part of the Touchdown Fracker family, that Christensen was top four defenders in the league, I think, uh, two seasons ago. Um, so he's, I just he's yeah. fully dropped. Like, yeah. he's, not, he's not the same player he, is, he was two seasons But ago. also, what I, I was... What I'll say quickly about Christensen is Christensen, this is not the first time he's been frozen out and brought back in. And it seems like any time he's been frozen out and brought back in, the first couple of games are a horror show. But he seems Wait, to warm up. He in- Go he on, was Annie. injured. Wasn't it? Yeah, what? what? He, he was injured. Wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. He oh, was, was, he injured? He was to be fair. Okay. So, so I, that's why I thought this was really harsh because... He was just coming back from an injury. Yeah. I don't know why he got chucked in straight into this. I, I agree with that. I do agree well, with that. I do agree with that. Lampard probably shouldn't have played him. Like, he just came back from an injury. Like, I, I think he will be the better defender, but I don't even know if he was literally just much up yet to come into a big game like that. So I thought that selection was wrong. I don't know why he changed to Maury. Yeah, well, I, I do agree with that. Think, I do agree with that. And, what, and, and then there's one more point I want to make. Quickly, um, before... Cause I, Mitchie, is, wait, 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 Mitchie, wait, 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 wait. Quick, 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 quick. Before we move on to Mitchie, and we'll get to Mitchie, because okay. I know the whole... The, the streets want to hear I, it. But, but with... Um, I don't know. I kind of feel like Lampard actually consumes a lot of the analysis on TV. Because I remember after the Man City game, I think a lot of criticism was about how uncomfortable the defensive pair was on the ball, um, Tomori and Zuma. 
um, when they were pressed by City. And I think Christensen, um, one of the reasons why he was kind of hyped up is that he's comfortable on a ball. So perhaps that's the yeah. reason why he came in. Um, but yeah, I, you, you want to get on to Michiko? I'm ready for it. Yeah, um, I just want to say, like, do you guys think Mitchie is good enough? No, that's no, no, my no. Question. I'll, I'll ask the questions. What do you what do you think about <laughs> All right, Dan, all right, all right. What did you think about the game? Yeah, but now on Richie, like I just wanna say, um, did you guys notice how poor the front front line was as soon as Tammy went off? I think Mitchie can't lead the line. Uh, I genuinely think he can't. Again, 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 my answer to this is with Christensen, who's kinda come in and he didn't do too well, I think people have to be careful when players come in. And I'm not going to lie, I'm not going to try and just dress it up. Um, it wasn't a good game for Mitchie. Uh, nothing stuck. But at the same time... I th- yeah, but you say that. But at the same time, I think if we played the same way with Aguero, it would have been, dif- it would have been difficult for him. Because when we're used to playing one way with Tammy in terms of launching it up, it's difficult for Mitchie, who's not tall, to play that same way. So you can play it into his feet a bit more. So like, I just feel like they didn't adjust as much. Um, to playing with a smaller person up front. And again, with, with Lampard, he kind of has to take a little bit of slack. Um, people on the Twitter mentioned it. When it, the fact that Michi's only started two games, Giroud's only started two games. So actually, we can only play one way. So if we're lucky because Tammy apparently isn't that injured. But if it was a long-term injury, we're fucked because Giroud doesn't yeah. move about as much as Tammy. And obviously, Batshuayi isn't as tall as Tammy. So the fact that we're just like so shoehorned to play into one striker isn't a good thing but yeah there's no way of dressing it up anyway he didn't have a good game but one thing I will say is that he always seems to work a shot and obviously there was a chance that deflected that almost went in but yeah it wasn't a good game but then he's, he hasn't played like uh, before last match I looked at the minutes and he only played like 50 minutes more than Giroud this season and that goes to show that even though he's coming on the subs he's not really playing that many minutes anyway and so I think if he was to take his season as a whole he's actually done great and you can't constantly expect someone to come on and have great performances. So I feel like, in general, he's, he's done good. But the people that are saying, oh, he can't lead the line, it's just one game. So I, I'm guessing Tammy will come back. But I think you're stupid to make that one decision off the one game, even though it was trash. I think... Well, it's, not, it's not based on one game. It's based on, like, his career so far. He's not, like, the sort of play. He's not, like, a... A central, central forward. If you get what I mean, that's that's he's, bullshit. That's bullshit. He's, he's a player that needs to play off. Nah, that's bullshit. Like a striker. The, that's bullshit. That's what. That's one of the. I feel like footballers, um, football fans. My bad. They have to be careful because, to be fair, like hands on the table. I thought when we was going after Aguero, I was thinking actually Aguero at Atletico Madrid was playing off a big striker. So I was thinking, hmm, can Aguero play as the number nine alone? Because traditionally, all managers paired him up with a striker, like. Aguero's done that and I'm not saying that Aguero yeah yeah but wait 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 I I need to get this on wax I don't think Aguero doesn't it's not me saying Aguero and Batshuayi are the same level player or whatever but what I'm saying is yeah it depends on the manager like last season the reason why Sarri didn't want to play Giroud is because he didn't want his midfielders to lump it up in the air so that's the reason why he didn't want to play a tall striker Um, and that's the reason why he was playing Hazard as number nine so um, yeah, it's different managers. That's why every, everything you saw, like defenders doing those, like Louise was doing those long balls up to the striker on the floor. Like, so what I'm saying is you have to adjust to play to the profile of striker. So, um, yeah, I'm not so, like, look, Mishy, he's, he's clumsy at times. Um, nothing stuck. But at the same time, you, like, he works the goalkeeper. 
every single time. So can he play up front alone? Yes, he can. People are saying the same thing with Sturridge. Like these guys can play up front alone. I think Chelsea. Nah, I think Chelsea Sturridge fans actually has good technical ability. Yeah, no, but but then people. Mitchie, Mitchie I get that. Like, I get that. Mitchie, I, wait, wait, wait. Is, I get that. Mitchie, I get that. Yeah. But Tom, what I'm saying is, people said that about Sturridge. You don't forget he didn't play as a. He played up front for us twice. He didn't play as a striker until he went to Liverpool, and people said that. So and obviously, that's why he's played as a striker for Dortmund, and he's been successful. So the, the idea that you're saying that he can't play as a striker is just. Uh, it's retarded to me. No, I'm not saying he can't play as a as a centre forward. I'm saying that's not where his strengths lie. I'm saying his strengths so, lie. But if he's strengths don't lie as a centre forward, like, then where's it lie? He needs a big player. But he's been successful like, or, playing. Or just a but player that can link up with But him. he's been successful. But he's been successful playing without that. So where do we go from here? Mitchie's all about in the box. Like in the box, he is. Like finishing wise, movement in the box, great. Right. Outside of it though, I, I just I just don't know. And but the, like the system that Lampard is trying to implement. Right. So I don't know if a striker that's, like him that's cool. That's cool, but then, long term. That's cool, but what you said is he can't play as a striker, which is wrong. If you're saying that what Lampard's doing, which is shoehorn it to one type of striker, then maybe. But then is that the right way to manage a team? I think like Mitchie is Probably he'd probably be valuable, like as a third choice striker, a striker coming off the bench, like because his presence in the box, as in his movement in the box, is very good. But I don't think he is enough competition for Tammy Abraham. That look, that, look, that's look, the in, underlying, in, that's underlying which, is, which is fine because I'm I'm not even I'm not here saying Mishy should stay or whatever. I don't I don't like if we sell him, it's cool. But what I'm saying is, if your analysis is that he can't play, he can't be successful up front. For any team or for Chelsea, I think that's incorrect. If it's nah, like, I'm if wait 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 if you let me finish, uh, and if yeah. it's specifically for Chelsea, again that's I feel like that's a flaw more on Lampard. That to be fair, Lampard seems to believe in Mitchie. That's why he plays him over Giroud. But what I'm saying is, um, what I've noticed is they're still playing balls up like it's to Tammy. And you can't do that. Like, Man City don't do that. And if Lampard can only say... If, if Lampard's only kind of trick or... I don't know. Oh, because Jorginho... Don't forget, this is the same team that played with Hazard up front last season. And they wasn't lumping balls up in the air to Hazard. So I feel like it's just a change. Like, I don't understand how the team can't adapt to a different striker in terms of how you're playing the ball up. But... um uh, the rest of the cast, you want to kind of chime in on the Mishy thing? I've just got my popcorn here down at the moment, so uh, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> carry that's on what, going. That's uh, what this is about. I think, I think for for me with, with Mishy, um, I mean, I, I agree with what Thomas is saying. Uh, I, I think when he when he comes on, and, and I don't think necessarily that the style we were playing yesterday was was really feeding him chances. I, I think then. He does lack a little bit just uh, in terms of maybe, let's say, like intelligence off the ball and, and some of the runs he was making or not, or not making. Mm. Um, but I, I mean, generally, when I, I like him, I've liked him as a player. I think he's an, he's an excellent option. Um, but maybe again, I mean, some players don't suit that kind of European football as well. I mean, we, we've seen that with, with loads of players that maybe don't step up or not step up is probably the wrong term, but mm. maybe don't fit quite as well in, in European football. I still think he's very valuable, you know. Um, I do think that he can... He can lead the line, but you need to you need to sort of accommodate the style. You can't treat him as a target man when, you know, I think he's better sort of making runs off the shoulder and being fed into the area and finishing stuff. So a yeah. um, little bit of a stylistic, uh, I suppose, 
yeah, you know, some some stylistic problems with with maybe how Lampard's still using him as if he is as if he is Tammy Abraham. It'd be like you know, I, I can't remember what game it was when we had Hazard up front and we were still like knocking balls up to him. Yeah. It might have been City or a Tottenham game. Um, you know, if you misuse a player, then then they're not going to play well regardless of, of how good or talented they are. So there's a little bit of that, but I think Lampard needs to be a little bit more adaptable to who's uh, who's leading the line yeah. because they're very very different all three strikers we have. A hundred, and I actually thought when Tammy was injured that Giroud should come on. Because I think one of the criticisms with Michi is that he doesn't. Yeah, I agree with that. yeah, one of the criticisms is that he doesn't always have guile, which is true in terms of control. Like maybe I guess he's he's always trying to try stuff and it doesn't always come off. But I think in that game we needed to keep the ball. Um, we're away from home, so we yeah. needed a bit yeah. more. Yeah. So I I was actually thinking. Obviously, I, I rate Michi because he works the goalkeeper. But I thought like this was a game for Giroud. Um, but yeah, in in general, Anu, what's your thoughts on Michi? And this whole kind of debacle. Honestly, I'm mm. a bit over the Michi thing because I just think they're much more important factors than Chelsea right now. That's what I'm, I'm saying. Yeah. That back four is in me so much. That yeah. That's all. That's all. Like, yeah. Like, that, like yeah. so much more important to yeah, me than that Michi thing. Like, did we, Michi did we have to do? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Listen, in an ideal world, he isn't. He is a firing as we would want. Maybe he doesn't get the chances. I agree. Yeah. But he had. Nearly took one chance, yeah. And I guess if 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 that went in, no one's saying anything. Yeah. It's that that's a key say. But are we not looking at? Do you know what I mean? The the six tapping that nearly got. Yeah, yeah. So like, no, I just feel like they're much. more I know you asked me the question. They're much more. No, no, no. I agree with you, but don't don't forget we had to go into it because Thomas thought it was important to go into. (laughs) So like. I, I wanted to get off his chest. I didn't say it was important. We no, 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 no. Oh, we, we were, but I agree with Anu. Like, the, for me, a bigger thing to talk about was that. But you, you had to get off your chest. And to be fair, though, a lot of people think this account, or like, not just this account, this podcast. Uh, I think a lot of people were tweeting saying, uh, "What do you think about Messi?" So I'm sure people would want to hear that opinion. But, but okay, so to get my yeah. sorry, I did, no, go, go, I, go ahead. I just, I, I think. Listen, I'm happy with Tammy. Being yeah. the main striker, yeah. I think it's difficult for Michi right now because I think I think for someone like him, he needs time to get in. I don't think he's not he's that not that as well as he's done getting those important goals late. Yeah. I think it's unfair to judge him just because of the lack of time he has. Yeah. Um, I don't see his long term future at Chelsea just because yeah. I don't think it'll work out for him, which is sad. Um, and I guess I wouldn't be too guided both ways because yeah. I think for him it's probably better for his career and I think for Chelsea it might be better as well agreed because I, I would just take off all this chat do you know what I mean yeah yeah, it's, yeah. Just, it's just it's just it doesn't as well it's clear that it's just yeah been hold too long now I think yeah. um, we, we probably need a new backup to kind of start arguing about because um, yeah because <laughs> I Giroud's off, isn't he, in January? He's nowhere he's going to stay. Yeah, 100%. I think that's the reason why, even though it was a game for Giroud, I feel like at this point he's probably negotiating with other teams. Um, So, yeah, his head is elsewhere. But um, I guess one of the the conversations I've seen on the timeline, because obviously Kovacic has had an amazing week. Um, A lot of people, I don't know, there's, there's different camps. There's camps that are saying that he was great last season and he's just upped it this season. There's other camps where people are saying he was the nothing player last season and now he's become a player. But even this season, even though he's been playing well, I think a lot of people have wanted him to be better, like I mentioned with Lampard, saying that he needs to provide more for the attack board. This week, he provided the assist for Kante's goal and then he scored his first goal. And just generally, 
Um, I've seen a lot of conversations asking people who they think our best midfielder is. Um, I'm going to go to Joe first because I already know you don't like Jorginho. So it's going to be a straight (laughs) shootout between Kante and um, Kovacic probably out of the fit midfielders. Um, So who, who are you taking? Um, I mean, on, on current form, probably Kova. Um, yeah. I think the City game and and probably, I mean, last night, I think probably maybe his best performance. Um, I think last season, like just looking at the point you were making, I, I think he he often plays well in big games because he's he's got this like insane ability to just do so well under pressure. And when teams like really good players and really good teams press him, that ability to roll people and do these little shuffles between his three feet and just dribble off like like you know he's playing Sunday league players is insane. Yeah. I think the the point being is that uh, when we've played teams that maybe uh, just sit back or maybe haven't really done much against us or tried much, you know him him going forward last season he really offered very little if anything at all considering the amount of ball that he had. But I think definitely this season, I mean some of the comments that were coming out sort of recently. William in particular talking about how Lampard's kind of freed a lot of the attacking sort of six players, yeah. um, less kind of rigorous instructions and things like that. I think he's really benefiting. And, you know, I mean, I think you'd always have to say that he's always looked like an incredibly talented footballer. Yeah. But a lot of incredibly talented footballers maybe aren't the most effective. And I think now he's sort of becoming an incredibly talented footballer who's actually looking to influence and be more effective in the game. Because I've got no concerns of him holding the ball, distributing, you know, yeah. sort of keeping possession, rotating play, all of the sort of things you would want in a midfielder. But mm. now he's he's adding that bit more decisive element to his game, which obviously going forward is an absolutely massive bonus because if he adds goals to his games and assists, the amount of money we pay for him will be an absolute steal. I know, but let's say he never does that, then is he good enough to be a starting player? So if he never becomes that, so Modric's never a high assister, he's never a high goal scorer, but he can still contribute. So is Kovacic, because I see this crying, this rallying cry for him to score more goals and be more decisive in the end. And that's what Lampard's saying. But actually, like we've said earlier in the, in the podcast, yeah, we, we still need to be a lot more stable in front of our defence. So um, if you were to pick for Kovacic to actually go more forward and get more goals, but then obviously we see, we see a lot more roller coaster games like that. Like, what is it? Like, I guess I'm asking how important is it that he scores goals? Um, I mean, not. I mean, not particularly as long as the front three are doing their job. Um, I think uh, you know you can get away with having him and Kante and Jorginho as a three if you know if the front three are sort of converting the chances they get. I don't think necessarily that we're the most um, clinical team. I would say this season we seem to create a lot, a lot of chances, a lot of good chances, but we don't seem to finish them. Um, I mean, it's it's not absolutely crucial for him, but I, I think as long as he maintains this kind of, uh, and also like by being decisive, maybe not in the final third, but he, his his overall play, I think, has yeah. come up a few levels. I think he's he's well worth playing in the team. It will be really really interesting when Loftus Cheek comes that's back. What, that's my next question. So yeah, Loftus comes back. Obviously, again, you don't really rate Jojo <laughs> like that. You drop. So I'm asking, yeah. Um, I lost the question, like I said, but <laughs> I'm joking. But, <laughs> but, but yeah, who, but, but who are you dropping? What, what so, you, I mean, because uh, don't forget uh, his mount the, as well. I mean, you know, you know who I'm going to drop, um, but it, it would also depend against the, the opposition. I, I don't think Jorginho is that effective against really good teams. I'm so, if we're playing people. a City or a Liverpool, he'd be on the bench. Kova, Kante, and Ruben would be my starting three. So, so your default against most opposition, who, who you starting? Those three, right? Probably those three, yeah. I mean, uh, I think Loftus-Cheek, hopefully if he comes back sort of near the level he was last season, him with Kovacic playing as he is at the moment would be uh, would be pretty uh, exciting to see. And Kovacic anchor, yeah? Uh, maybe maybe a pivot with, with uh, Kante. Um, okay. But I mean, I don't know. 
I, I, we don't really have we don't really have a proper six in in the squad, which is kind of yeah. that's sort of one of my favourite positions. Yeah. So it's a bit difficult, but yeah, those those two, I'd, be, I'd have more confidence in them. All right, as a as a screen than I would with Georgie. Okay, the second to- host, Thomas. We we say. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, it's, a, it's a tricky one. I like I like I like um, George in it, but mm. yeah, I think I'm gonna have to like sort of uh, agree with Joe there because um, like especially when it comes to the bigger games, I feel like Jorginho gets swamped all the time, okay, all the time. But- so uh, so probably I would say a Kovacic, Kante, Ruben Loftus-Cheek midfield. Yeah, it's probably our strongest in a bigger game because. Obviously, we get the sort of productivity in the final third that you get from Ruben. You get um, just the full pitch, pitch accent action that you get from Kante. Yeah. And then you get the coolness and like the calmness of Kovacic on the ball, under pressure. So that's actually a very good big game midfield three. Uh, I would like to see what it. What about default um, midfield three? Sorry, what's that? Your default midfield three. I'm not just talking about big game. What would be your go-to midfield three? I I don't like um, having a set midfield three. I think you should have I options. Hear you. I hear you. So it I hear depends you. on the opposition. I, I, I hear you. But what I mean is like, yeah, you can switch it around. But what I'm saying is your go-to, your bread and butter. Okay, so let's say like... Um, it's a random game. Your average Premier League yes, team yes. that uh, obviously... Um, <laughs> <laughs> is that right? Yeah. <laughs> Um, so your average, uh, so your average Premier League team, I would say probably right now, um, uh, it's a sticky. Probably yeah, probably that midfield three. I, so. I, I would I say that's so. our best midfield. I team thought so. And and, and what are your thoughts at, on... at the moment? We're lacking those goals in it from midfield. So okay. someone like Ruben Loftus-Cheek coming in with Kante and Kovacic next to him um, is probably yeah our most dynamic. Midfield free. Okay, and what what are your thoughts on Kovacic um, in terms of because he actually he was having a good season and people were saying he was having a good season before he started getting the assists and getting the goals. Um, but what how important is I mean I think you've just alluded to it with Loftus Cheek, but how important is it to you that midfielders get goals? Um, I, it depends on the system and the players around him. So someone like Modric, as you alluded to before yourself. He doesn't just grab a lot of goals, but he's like the engine of the team almost. Like he keeps everything ticking. Yeah. That's the sort of player Kovacic can become. Um, I've I've watched this guy since Inter, since his Inter days, and he's always just been insanely talented. Yeah. It's just um, about translating that um, into. He needs to figure out what sort of play he wants to be. I think that's the state he's in at the moment. And mm-hmm. I think yeah, he needs to go down that Modric route of being that metronome in a team if you get what but I mean. But do, do you have to be a metronome to not score goals? Is it either your Jorginho who's trying to control it or your... Because, like, Kante, like, he's starting to score more goals, but no one expected him to score goals. Do you see what I mean? Even as a box-to-box player yeah. because he's a ball winner. Does Kovacic have to... Like, why can't Kovacic... Like, this season, like I said, before he scored the goal and the assist, he was having a great season. Would you agree? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, definitely. Is it, why isn't that enough? Why? Why yeah, do you have? I, I think I think that's enough. Personally, I think um, the reason why Kante is grabbing more goals is because he doesn't have to worry too much defensively because he has someone like Kovacic behind him who yeah. keeps it ticking. Yeah. So, um, Anu, what are you saying about Kovacic? And then we'll go to your mid, your like preferred midfield three. 
Yeah, no, just because I'd say I think honestly, Kovacic has excelled this season uh, massively. Uh, I think Lampard's had a huge influence on him. Um, I I think it's clear to see that through Lampard's playing days, that's that's the position I think he kind of sees Kovacic. He sees him as as a kind of what he used to be, or had the potential to kind of. Yeah. Not be as good, but just as that style of player. Yeah. So, and I think it's clear. And obviously, post interview, you heard him say, "Get, get forward, get forward." So that's, yeah. that's fine. I think coach has been doing so well and improved massively. So, I um, and in terms of so, yeah, great, great season for COVID. Yeah. It's really surprised me. And in terms of the the three, I would have to keep it Cova, uh, George, and Kante. And then okay. even when when Loftus Cheek comes back, keep him on the bench. Wow. Uh, no way that, even if even he's fit he doesn't deserve to just come straight back in I get that uh, it will have to depend on how he's playing but I don't think we, you, we can drop any uh, of those I, three on I get you but what, what I'm saying, my question is imagine um, imagine RLC in his hot form from last season yeah okay <laughs> I, I, I would still honestly I would still keep, I would even consider playing um, RLC Higher up behind the striker, no, where the where the William is. Yes, I wouldn't. I would. I, I generally would have moved those three. I, okay. I think George's class, yeah, uh, being the quarterback and Kante, you can he's undroppable. Right. And then um, Kova is just just having a great season. You got none of those. And I don't yeah. think Lots of Cheek deserves even firing. Kante is better than that. I don't think he's Fair better enough. than them in those positions because yeah. defensively, yeah. Loftus-Cheek's always had issues because yeah. he, and that was one of his biggest faults. Yeah. And being in those three, especially how we're looking now, exactly. it would be risky. I would actually only play him where William Mount and Pulisic play behind the striker. Then give him that creative freedom because I promise you, we put him in yeah. that back, we put him in that middle of three, the way we're looking and Lampard's tactics and coming back from injury. Disaster. It's a disaster. Yeah, yeah I, I hear you. I agree with you as well. But I want to move on to Kante in the midfield now because last season I was on the front line and saying, yo, Kante was playing box to box last season. But he seems, if you look at all the heat maps, he's playing mad high. So I remember the Liverpool game in the Super Cup. Actually, we, would, we did quite well against Liverpool. And it was one of the first games of the season where we actually looked controlled and it wasn't like a roller coaster. It wasn't like a basketball game. And I think that game. Kante, Jojo and Kovacic played almost in a line. But it seems like since Kante's come back from injury, he's playing mad high. And obviously he's getting the goals and he's doing good work like high as well. But um, when you see a game like yesterday where it was like a, a roller coaster, like it was like a basketball game, I'm wondering why he doesn't kind of sit back. Like last season, it was Sarri's instructions to make runs for people like Jorginho to do a ball over the top. But... What are your thoughts on Kante since he's come back from injury? And we can, we can go with um, Thomas. Uh, yeah, um, obviously, my guy N'Golo, he's an absolute legend. Um, just He keeps defying the odds, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, um, I, um, I like the fact that he's getting more forward this season uh, okay. because at the moment, that midfield free just doesn't provide any goals. So it has to come from somewhere. So... He doesn't have to, uh, which at this point I alluded to earlier, he doesn't have to worry that much defensively yeah. anymore. About, uh, his game can be more about being more expansive, you know, getting those goals, getting into the box. He's actually, 
his shooting has actually improved a lot and he's a big game player. Yeah. This guy is just scoring big game goals all the time yeah. nowadays. Yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah um, Kante, for me, no complaints at all this no season. Complaints. I think... Um, I think he's been wicked. You like Kante the attacking before though. Apparently he's got three shots on target and three goals. Um yeah, I agree, like he can contribute to the attack. It's just that obviously when we we're not kind of defending properly and half the time it's not just the defence, it's the the layer above. That's what I see anyway. But um I don't know if any of you agree with me, Joe. Anu. Yeah, I, I'm the same there. No. Uh go on, go on, sorry. Yeah, so just last point I was going to make is um, I think we're lacking quality in the back. So yeah, obviously we. So probably this is why we need we need to shield the back more, but that affects other areas of our game. So that was a tricky one. Do you hear what you're saying in terms of I want my midfielders to go forward because we're lacking quality in attack? But I also want them to come back because we're lacking quality in defense. Yeah, it's a balance. But that that sounds like that. Yeah, it's Lando. What did you say? It's Lampard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Lampard. You know yeah, what? Man. Go have fun. Yeah, <laughs> go have fun in it. Fuck that. <laughs> don't, don't score. Yeah, defending. And what what were you saying about Kante? I actually, I think Lampard Kante proved everyone. Let's see. I'm so mad at Lampard. I'm just saying Lampard, but yeah. I mean to say Kante. So um, I think uh, Kante proved everyone wrong last season showing that he can play outside that defensive midfield position. He's so good. Yeah. Um, I'm honestly happy with him playing high up. Yeah. It's just, I just feel like the management, the coaches have to be better because Jorginho, I think this is so important. Yeah. Jorginho, when he plays, he goes up. He makes and his he, runs. If you notice a lot of the time, he presses. Yeah. He, 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 he um, dictates the press. Yeah. For Chelsea, he's always arms flailing, which I like. But when they break that, Kante, they're not filling in behind. It should be like I, I don't know why it, it seems so obvious to me. When Jorginho goes up, Kante then has to fill in. Yeah. So play like that. Do you know what I mean? They need to play together, but I don't yeah. feel they don't do. Yeah. So I feel what happens. Both go up, so it's then just making us look silly. But, but also, I just really feel like if if, yeah. so if Kante kind of plays that, so plays higher. But be disciplined to know that once the genie's out of position, yeah. you then are that guy. I just don't know why it can't be like that. I it sounds like... simple, doesn't it? And I feel like it with me, I'm I'm more I can it's more palatable when Kante goes up because obviously he's faster. So in terms of getting back, and obviously Jorginho, that middle area is his. So when he makes these runs, it's like yeah, that sounds like a, that's like a suicide mission, like. Well, I, I'm, I'm up there. Joe's probably laughing because I am. <laughs> he, he loves it. Joe, what are you, what are you saying? Uh, it, I mean, you know, asking asking Kante to cover because Jorginho can't like stand oh, still for like 15 God. seconds. Yeah. I, I think that the, so you know, watching watching him play from Napoli and, and Sari in this season. Don't I forget this question is about Kante though. Yeah, but I, yeah. I'll, I'll turn it on okay. Kante. <laughs> just, just, just one thing is, yeah. like, it, it's it's this natural part of his game to press and harry and, yeah. and, and push the ball. And you know, yeah. I always go back to what Guardiola said that they when they played against us, they specifically worked on knowing that Jorginho jumps out of position. Yeah. So they know that he does it. So they just play they play triangles around him like he's not there. Yeah. But but uh, going back going back to Kante here, um, 
I, one, one thing I want to say, in the second half, he got booked for an absolutely unbelievable textbook tackle on someone. And yeah. I'm not going to like, stop ranting about the referee, but really it was, it was ridiculous. <laughs> absolutely just insane. And, you know, he's, he's chased the guy back. I mean, absolute textbook tackle. And the guy does a triple sort of salto backflip and gets gets him booked. But, um, yeah, I think he's been great this season. You know, yeah. I think, again... Uh, I, I kind of I do agree with with Anu that I'd like him to maybe tuck in a little bit more. I think what Dan was saying was was really accurate. When when they played more of a flat three against Liverpool and there was less kind of space, sort of both kind of around the outsides, but also centrally as well, we yeah. were a lot more compact. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, I kind of feel more secure there because Jorginho, you know, if they play around, we know he's not going to get there. That, that's that's <laughs> not the strength. You that, can't help it, bro. Just, just, I, I know, I know, he can't help it. Yeah, I know. Um, but uh, <laughs> but I mean, I'd, I'd like, I would like to see Kante just withdrawn a little bit because you're, you're right. He's he's got the engine to get up and down all game. It doesn't yeah. matter if he's you know ten meters ahead of play or, or level with with Jorginho. But um, I think he's been great. I think the goals have been fantastic. Um, but mm. he's just a, you know he's he's just a special player and yeah. in a squad that I think at the moment you know I, I know we're looking I, I think maybe the the Lampard analysis gets a little bit over the top because we don't have many just game winners in the team you know losing Hazard although he's, you know he's not been electric at, at Madrid you've lost someone who really kind of could dictate the the result of games by himself yeah. we don't have anyone really like that anymore so a lot of it is a, is a micro analysis of stuff that maybe we've seen in years gone by but because Hazard has scored twice or set up a goal you know we won and nobody really cared about it so. Um, but Kante for me is, is still that world-class player that we have. Um, I just hope that the little kind of injury concerns that he's had, you know, the, the sort of that we've seen probably more often this season. Yeah. If you can shake them off and play more regularly, um, get him a little bit more alongside Jorginho, I think I think that will definitely help out the uh, defensive things that we've seen. All right, guys, do you want to go to the defence or do you want to talk about Kepa? <laughs> <We're gonna laughs> well, Kepa, Kepa. meet when you need meet meet this boy. I'm sick of it. You're sick of what? You're sick of what, Adam? Let's talk about the defence. Let's move on to Kepa, please. Let's talk, let's, <laughs> let, let's talk about Kepa then, because he made an amazing save, but again, he got packed in from, I guess it was a fluke. So I've seen the kind of timeline divided and just Chelsea fans in general divided. And okay, was that his fault or not? But I think there's a big question going on with Kepa about whether he's good enough to be our starting um, number one or whatever number he is. But yeah, so... What are your thoughts? Let's go to Tom. Uh, it's it's a I don't know, man. This guy, um, he's meant to be the most expensive goalkeeper in the world. Mm. Um, a lot of people forget that. So, yeah, he's already had that one season of kind of betting into the Premier League. He was actually better last season than what he is now. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a loss of confidence, um, but. There's a lot of problems. Um, he, his wrists, to me, seem to be very weak for a goalkeeper. Mm. He seems to he seems to not be strong in the area at all as well. There's been a few there's been a few set pieces here this season where I thought Kepa could have come out or at least like influenced the play at the very least. And this is uh, even though like I don't like Courtois as a person, but. Mm. One of the biggest things he was great at was the command of his area, and I think Kepper is missing that. Mm. He's he's um he's meant to be um I guess good at shot stopping, but I it's literally gone downhill this season. So um huge huge question marks over Kepper at the moment. Um he's the he's the most expensive goalkeeper in the world. He's he's gonna have to stop pulling it pulling the cat out of the bag as they say yeah so he's the most expensive goalkeeper and I see the stats and like he's always towards the bottom in terms of 
saving or whatever in terms of the yeah, stats. Yeah, um, yeah. But um, is there anyone that wants to mount a, a Kepa defence on the podcast? I, um, also, before I get to Kepa, just, yeah. I feel a bit bad for the defence. I just want to shout out uh, we're gonna get to We're going to get to the defence, so go no, Kepa. No, no, I just felt a bit harsh. Zoom and Reese James actually had a good game yesterday. So. Yeah, we're still going yeah, yeah, to get to the defence, so just go just to Kepa. Just saying, I just felt a bit guilty. Um, Kepa, I think he has a... I actually think he's a really good keeper. Okay. Uh, I think he's. A, I actually think he will be world class. He'll get there. I think everyone's allowed the first couple of seasons. Look at the hair and etc. But I actually think he has a slight, just a slight ego issue. Yeah. A big actually, ego. And I'm not. And I'm not actually saying that on the the subbing that happened in the in, yeah, in okay. the cup. Uh, I just think he has a bit of like a confidence cocky. Just like okay, I'm just gonna pass it. Feel a bit. Cool. I just think he just needs to humble himself a bit, yeah. and then just focus all his attention on just what he's meant to do. I just think something he's distracted. Even some some things when he's doing with his with the passing, yeah. he's just trying to be too smart. Mm-hmm. And I just I see it in like I just guess. Well, I feel like I can see it in like his facial expressions, the way he acts, <laughs> just a bit. Like, just arrogant. So I just think once he just calms down a bit, yeah, yeah. he's been humbled a few times. He's a few. He's got a few memes or whatever mm. in his face now. So I just think he just needs to have somebody needs to have a word with it. But, but, but I honestly think he's going to be a world class keeper. I'm very confident that he's going to come good. Fair. And if he's not good enough already, look, he saved the pen yesterday. That that's yeah. not even getting spoken about. Yeah. So I thought he did. I he, he did what he had to do. I mentioned that he saved the pen. Joe, what are you saying? Uh, I think Dan Dan knows my, my opinions on expensive players who don't necessarily live up to their uh, their end of the bargain. I think you know last Joe, season. Joe, Joe, enough, Joe, Joe. Know, no more shots at Jorginho, bro. No, 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 no. I'm, okay. This is it was, it was also it was also a shot at Pulisic earlier in the season. Yeah, okay, so I mean, yeah, it's, okay, cool. <laughs> it's it's there. Uh, but um, I think you know last season. Fair enough. You know, new season, like new league, all this sort of new environment stuff. Fair enough. Um, I think that the concerning thing for me is, is both from a height perspective and I, I think uh, what Thomas was, was saying earlier, our biggest weakness is defending crosses. doesn't matter if it's free kicks, set pieces, cutbacks, anything that comes into the area. Mm. First goal last night was, was textbook Chelsea defending. And I just don't think really that he's commanding enough at the moment. I, I don't know. I'm not super into sort of goalkeeper analytics or analysis, but I don't know if that's a trait that can change. But given that he plays in the Premier League, that we're weak in those areas. And I think teams are now exploiting that from, from whipping crosses in and, and trying to sort of target target us at set pieces. Having a goalkeeper who isn't commanding in that respect, I think is worrying. And again, for someone who costs so much money, you know, I, w- I would have expected, particularly for a short goalkeeper, to be a bit more athletic, to be a little bit more aggressive. Um, I think he's sort of back to like Shea Given, who was quite short, but also pretty good in the air, very aggressive coming for crosses. Yeah. I think that he's a little bit kind of static on his line. And I, again, I don't think that really inspires the guys in front of him because they know, you know, normally if your goalkeeper comes out screaming and, and starts punching the ball, then you feel a bit more confident that you can maybe get a little bit tired to, or, or, you know, that you can maybe get away with a, a little bit of a positioning error. But um, yeah, I, I don't think he's inspiring confidence in the guys in front of him. And, and yeah. at the moment, you'd have to say that he's not really uh, living up, well, anywhere really living up to the price tag that he, that he cost. Yeah, I feel like... The goal, second goal, wasn't his fault. That'd be all. No, it wasn't. No, hundred percent. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I feel like with Kepa, um, I feel like I agree with Anu. I think he's got a big ego. I feel like the reason why he cost so much is, like, he was ready to leave for that money. I, I feel like that's it hasn't affected him. It hasn't played in his mind that I'm worth all of this money. But at the same time, I don't feel like any of us are convinced that 
um, at this moment, I know Andrew said that he might see him as being world class, but I don't think any of us are convinced that at this moment he's like undroppable. undroppable. Or if like a better keeper came along, that's not. A, I think that's a position we can improve on. Basically, um, I feel like we've seen him since he gets here. He's been packed out, especially like long rangers. For some reason, like um, they just fly into the back of the net. Like I think more than any other keeper I've seen um, that I can remember at Chelsea. Um, but yeah, like he is cocky, and that does translate in terms of taking risk. I can't remember if it was this game or the Man. It was the Man City game where he passed it directly to someone. We were so lucky that we didn't concede at that point. But yeah, I want to move on to the defense now because obviously, as Piliqueta came in on the left, um, and yeah, what are your thoughts on? I guess Aspi versus Emerson. Do we go forward with Aspi as the left back, or because we got to see both of them? kind of come on because even though Emerson came on in a back five what are your thoughts I mean I think that the main takeaway is that I think Bruce James is, has arrived now as the Chelsea right back um, yeah. I know we're talking about the left back situation yeah. here but I, I think it's it's clear as day now that he is the first choice right back and you know he's playing again I think Gaia was the left back really really good attacking left back and mm. a guy that I rate pretty highly and I don't remember him giving giving James too much trouble and in fact actually a couple of crosses, particularly first half when we were being a little less uh, sort of on the back foot. Yeah. Some of the balls he puts in are just insane. And you think, you know, if you've people are getting used to them, you know, the fact that actually there's a bit of quality that's going to come in. You think maybe Tammy or, or even when, when Mason's back in the, in, in the sort of setup, he's sort of like runs and gambling that he can get into the, into the picture there. But I mean, the, the left back situation is, is crazy. I mean, because I think Azpilicueta is a solid player, but he offers so little going forward on the yeah. ball. And then I think Emerson is maybe a little bit untrusted with, by Lampard. I'm not entirely sure kind of what the reason is there. Maybe it's, it's his one-on-one defending. And I think Alonso is just done. I mean, if the takeaway is that Alonso's done, then I'm, I'm quite happy because I, I don't think he should be near any, anywhere near the squad. If I'm being completely honest about it. But what are you saying? Depends if you want a, a solid left back in Azpilicueta. I'm asking, oh, I, I, I should go. I'm asking uh, what you want, Joe. Yeah. Is it Emerson or Aspi? What are you saying? I'd, I'd, I'd like to see Emerson there. Um, yeah. I think, you know, if you've got Reese and you've got Emerson, you've got quality on, on both sides. Yeah. Um, and um, it, let's be honest, I mean, it's not like we are going to be infinitely defensively better with Aspi Liquetta playing there. We've seen that we're yeah. not going to be. So oh, I'd yeah. rather go with a slightly more attack-minded player because it gives us some gives us some width and attack out wide, which yeah. I think we need, with, particularly with Tammy up front. Yeah. Um, all right. Thomas, what are you saying? Left back. Um, I'm I'm saying Emerson number one, Aspi. When we have a left winger cutting in from the right, i.e. Morris, <laughs> um, against oh, the Man City game. Yeah, uh, yeah. You, you saw how Emerson just got yeah. absolutely demolished you know, on that left hand side. Do you know what's disappointing um, to me? Quickly on that, like we the same thing happened last season. Remember when Salah packed Kepper in last season? He cut in for. Yeah. It was the same cutting, and I was hoping that Emerson yep. learned. And it was the same North African cutting, but um, yeah, <laughs> North African cutting. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, a new fee for skill moves. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I feel, I, yeah, I feel like um, Emerson. Like I, I, I guess my thoughts just echo what Joe said. I feel like at least Emerson offers us something going forward. I think on that side, Asp would get forward but couldn't get back, and they were they were targeting that side. I think anyway. Um, Valencia there were so many chances that they were creating through that um, their right side our left side um, yeah I'd go with Emerson um, what are you saying Tom you're saying uh, yeah I'm saying Emerson as well definitely um, 
obviously Emerson just like brings a lot more to our game going forward and Aspi like obviously like he's been a great servant to the club and everything but he's just not the athlete that he used to be yeah. which in turn means he isn't the player that he used to be and he he used to rely a bit on his athleticism I would say mm-hmm. um quite a lot um yeah. and now and now he hasn't got that anymore his reading of the game is still okay, but he just can't get to the ball as quickly as he used to be able to. He used to be known as the best, like one one v one defender out there back yeah. in the day, you know, back in his prime. Yeah, but not anymore. Not anymore. Anu, final word on that um, left back. Yeah, no, I fully agree with you, Thomas. Actually, uh, I just think he's at that transitional phase where he's just not quick enough, sharp enough. And it's and it's sad because he's obviously just a great guy, a great character. Yeah. Um, but not a great leader, but um, he tried. Um, and yeah, it's Emerson for me. Um, and Lampard needs to make that bold move. Yeah. And just when's he gonna make it, it though? He's done it with one, but I feel like he's he doesn't want to do too much at once. But he just needs to be done, and it was clear to see. Yeah. That that was the weak side. Yeah. Of, and we're all agreed. And we're all agreed about Reese James. I think it was phenomenal again. I feel like he's so assured. Um, yeah, I think I think he was a king in terms of going back. There was a couple of times I saw the player bounce off him. Like, yeah. yeah, like he's got the strength in terms of he's got the skill too. Uh, again, he done one of these like his special move, the little chest down. It's just like it's good to see for the for like gifs and shit like that. But yeah, just <laughs> in in terms of creating chances too, whipping the balls in like. He's got so many different facets facets to his game, like so. I feel like right back we're sorted. But what I wanted to ask you about is Lampard did move to a back five, and I know at the beginning of the podcast, Annie, you were saying you was waiting for some sort of change. But again, Joe, at the beginning of the podcast, you said that actually after we made the changes, we were worse. So I guess my question to all of you guys is, um, what should we have done, or if or do you agree with Lampard with the changes that he made? And we'll start with. Uh, Joe, um, tough one. Um, I don't, I, I don't mind the, the the change of of, of system so much, but oh, actually, maybe I do. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, if if I was going to change something, I would have probably kept the kept the same shape. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the concerning thing for me is is going to a back five. I, I think I, I think you might tweet this to Dan actually at the time mm. that it actually it, it invites so much pressure 100. onto the team and, and, and it's, it's this isn't the Conte back five that could, you know, just literally just sit there all game and soak up pressure. This yeah. is you know a completely different makeup, different style of play, different players in front of the back four, etc. Yeah. So I think it I think it invited pressure. Um I'm not really sure what it was what it was trying to achieve because I think again I, I can't remember if it was Annie or Thomas said after after we went two one up, then maybe that's when you try and shut up shop. Yeah. Maybe then that's when you make the defensive change. Not not at two all. Yeah. Um that to me it seemed a little bit because they they were kind of in the ascendancy and and, and maybe the, the change was to be a little bit more positive, maybe than negative. But um yeah, I mean, I'm not sure really what I would, I would have done. I probably would have kept it four three three. I think maybe the the people he brought on were fine. Um, I still think in the fourth, so you have to play Jorginho at the moment because no, no one else really can play there without messing up the balance of the team too much. So really? the fact that he come off was a bit was a bit alarming. So oh, um, okay. yeah, fair enough. Uh, that was shocking for me. All right, um, Anu, what, <laughs> what are you saying? Uh, yeah, so. Wait, what are you saying? Do you feel like the change to the back five cost us? What you what do you think Lampard should have done? If you don't agree, with yeah, that? I, thought was, I thought it was poor. I just don't think I I wanted a change to happen, but I didn't 
real. It didn't need to be that drastic, and it yeah. didn't need to be that late. Yeah. I was, in my head, I was kind of hoping for a um, one of the Pulisic or Willian getting taken off, and yeah. uh, Mount, which he did get brought on early. But then just putting Kante. The important thing here is putting Kante just in front of the back four with um, Jorginho. I don't yeah. think he should have even come off himself. Um, and just Jorginho and Kante just being told to sit in front of the back four. Yeah. Just like the way Hell used to do it. Um, don't move. You don't need to pass the halfway line. Yeah. Just stay in the there. Like at that period of the game. A hundred, it's That's the kind of change I was looking for. Not a change of just, okay, back four, but yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> three in, the three in the back three is going to be in the other box. Yeah. Like, that bit, it was just... Yeah. It was, it, was ca- just, it was chaos at a point because I could see no one knew who to pick up. There were so many bodies back there. There was like, is that your man or is that my man? I don't know. Like, it, there was just so, so many. more chances when we probably had five. I don't know the exact stats, but yeah. we had that many chances. We had, so it didn't really do anything. So, yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't, that was the first time I was probably thinking I'm not just Lampard. A little just, bit of naivety. These things and I don't know, it's going to be interesting. Thomas, what are you saying? <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, we definitely have a lot to learn. Like um, at the start, at the start of this, I said that one of the biggest thing, things we're lacking is just experience at the back. Um, at the moment, we're playing who's, who's our most experienced defender, Aspidiqueta, but he's finished pretty much. So the only we don't have real experience at the back. So when it comes to games like this, where it's just like almost like a ping pong match. These guys, they haven't. They, they're not well versed in it. They they're not used to this to playing in this environment and succeeding just yet. So I've seen us get smacked. This with, is why with I don't want to criticize them too much I've, personally, Thomas. I've seen us get smacked. I remember the Roma game when we had Rudiger and David Luiz. Yeah, and I've seen us get yeah, smacked. With that experience. comes to like not enough quality, basically. So, All right. Okay. Cool. But what I'm saying is they're not the worst defenders. Maybe if you think that Luis is, Rudiger's experience. What I'm saying is I think a lot of people jump to whenever a mistake is made, it's youth. But I've seen the same shit happen with experience. Oh, sorry, could you repeat that? I'm saying I've seen the same shit. I've seen us get... I've seen de- defensive naivety. Spe- specifically, the Roman match is a good example with, with older players. So I, I, I'm always going to push back on just always pointing it to youth. Do you know what I mean? And inexperience. Yeah, no, I, I, I see. I, I definitely see what you, you guys are saying. Hundred percent. I'm not saying like the defense is good enough, or that Lampard is actually setting the team up defensively uh, in the in the best way. Definitely not. Um, but like but this is what I was saying at the start. Like, I don't like. I'm. I know what to expect from these guys. Almost like I'm not expecting these guys to. Lampard and the and the back for themselves. I'm not expecting them to to, to perform miracles. If you get what All I right, mean. So, so let me ask you this question then: If we were to have Kulabali in there um, yesterday, yeah. do you feel like yeah. we're going to be solid with just Kulabali in there? Oh, uh, Kulabali would make a huge difference to this team. Just look, just look at what um, Van Dijk has done to Liverpool. It literally just one player transformed the whole back line. We need that commander at the back. We're missing it big time at the moment. But I will say, um, obviously, we have an absolute gem at, at, on our hands at right back in Reese James. I think he's going to be Chelsea's Philip, Philip um, Lamb, personally. Okay. All right. Um, 
Adi, was you trying to say something? No, I'll be, I was just going to say you'll be surprised how Kubali might yeah. not find it that easy if there's no flex <laughs> yeah, in front of him. Um, yeah. I think even the best will struggle. 100%. But, I agree. All right, cool. Um, I guess we, let's move on to the attack. So we've already discussed Batshuayi and, and the strike situation, but in terms of Pulisic, um, he's actually, I think, got six goals in the last seven. Now, a lot of people think that we hate Pulisic. I don't particularly hate him, but he's been coming up trumps. I think one of the things I was worried about with Pulisic is his goal threat. But again, those runs into the box and just that kind of determination to get on the end of things kind of worked out well. So, yeah, I think um, in general, how do you feel like his performances has been away from the goals? Do you feel like he's been good? Do you feel like you still want a Sancho or another winger to come in? Or do you, you see Pulisic as a starter for Chelsea into the future? Um, I'll go first with this one, guys. I think what we need to aim for is a good overall squad. Something like what Man City have. So if one player goes down, another player comes in that where we don't lose that quality. So yes, I would say someone like Sancho is still needed because... Um, we will probably lose one of William and Pedro next, or Pedro next season. So we need to replace that with real competition and real quality that will drive the rest of the squad on I get to that. improve as well. I, I get that. But my question is, so like, if we had Sancho and Pulisic was at Dortmund, would you buy Pulisic with the idea that Pulisic is the backup? And are you saying now with Pulisic, are you looking at Sancho to come in and Pulisic to be the squad player. So my question is, do you see Pulisic as a starter going forward? Not about competition. Um, I think he, he can be. He's got enough quality. So I had my doubts about him, but um, obviously I didn't watch Dortmund that much. So I can't say, um, uh, well, last season and the se- a couple of seasons before, I've not really been keeping up with how Dortmund or the German league in general, yeah. really. Um, but... Um, I must say, like, he's really impressed me. Like, his intelligence, his game intelligence has really, really impressed me. So, what I like is his off-the-ball movement. I like how, like, as you as you were saying before, I like his determination to get into the box. I like how smart he is with his little moves to, 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 to roll off the defender, to get into space. Like, um, it reminds me a little bit of, like, maybe not as good, but maybe a little bit like um, Raheem Sterling. He can be that sort of player. So, if he pushes on and becomes that sort of player, then I would I wouldn't see why we couldn't start Pulisic and Sancho, for example. Obviously, we have someone like Hudson Odoi coming up. I know. Um, and I real believe in Hudson Odoi, but I feel like you just need that competition in your squad. Uh, not just not just not just to get these, the players to improve themselves, you know, not, uh, but also because, you know, injuries and just the game happens and you want options off the bench. All right. Um, Joe? I think um, the the more that I'm seeing him play, particularly in this Chelsea system, and uh, again, like I'm not comparing him to the same level of player, but he reminds me of having like a Mohamed Salah type player at Chelsea. Mm. And then my controversial football take is, I don't actually think Salah is a fantastic footballer. I think Mm. he is an absolutely incredible goal scorer. Mm. And I think Pulisic is a little bit in the same. I don't think he's not got like outrageous technical ability. I don't think he's just like Eden Hazard wide playmaker. But mm. if you can consistently, as you say, make those runs and they're super smart ones, they're super intelligent ones, he's always in the right place. If you can continue to do that and, and continue to score, then 
I think he I think he starts pretty much every game if he can continue this sort of rate of scoring and and the assists that he's been getting. You know, doesn't matter to me if he's if he's not the best defensively or if, if maybe you know I don't rate him that much technically as a as a wide left player. But yeah. if he can get the assists and the goals, I mean, he starts every week. So what are you saying though? Are you at this point still hoping for us to buy someone over him? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'd, I'd like I'd like to get in a, a player who who has the capability of starting there. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think I'm, again, I'm I'm very much aligned with with, with what Tom's is saying. I think what we've seen this season with with young players now being treated equally as as the senior players. Some of the senior players have actually stepped their game up and actually started to play a bit better. And that competition, I think, is is really good for the squad. So if you've got Pulisic playing well, you've got Hudson Odoi. I think both Pedro and William probably probably one or even both of them will go this summer. So yeah. almost certainly we'll need to buy in someone of, of quality. And I think you need three, at least three options. If you're going to play two wide players, you need three people yeah. capable of starting every week who have a, you know who have the ability to start every week. So I would definitely try and find someone who who can start, maybe depending on on who's informed plays, but. You know, I think we need we need really need three sort of quality options, particularly that, if we're if we're going four three three. And that someone for you is who? It's a tough one. Um, I mean, Sancho's the the obvious name that comes up. I mean, uh, you know, I I personally wouldn't be too too adverse to signing Saha uh, for the next two three seasons. Um, yeah. Someone who's a little bit more, I think, direct, yeah. um, a little bit more aggressive. Yeah. Um, but someone, someone in that kind of mould, someone who, who's aggressive, fast, can dribble, yeah. someone who can add goals, um, someone in that kind of mould. But uh, yeah, I mean, Sancho and, and Zaha are the obvious, uh, obvious ones for me at the moment. Anu, what are you saying about Pulisic? And yeah, what are you saying? Yeah, I'm happy with Pulisic. Quick one for me. I just obviously had a bit of a slow start, but I think it, it was very understandable. Mm. And I think he's settled in great now. He's deserved of his place and starting 11 um, and he's creating he's confident on the ball he mm. knows what he's got to do going forward yeah. creating assists yeah. um, no, I'm happy with him starting and I'm, I think he's yeah I'm the, more than um, I think he's been a great signing yeah. probably complex at all I wouldn't have anyone replaced him at this time um, but I think you need to look at the other side that uh, uh, William's coming to his end yeah. um, even if Joe comes in I think you're right um, that they're, I think right by saying Zaha would be a nice addition to have in there or definitely yeah. even a Zaha Sancho I think one more, one more does need to come in when the transfer ban's done but yeah. I, no, I'm happy with how it is no complaints at all there my two pence on it um, I think apart from the goal scoring I think there was a run as well where he does these runs where like he's he's still got vision so like he'll dribble in and I'm thinking he's going to a blind alley, but actually I think he set Kovacic free where he could have scored a second goal and he just Kovacic didn't get enough on it or he didn't hit away from the goalkeeper. But I think yeah. I've seen him do that a couple of times where that pass is smart. Um, and it's it, so like he's a good assistant. I think I like his determination. I've always liked the fact that um, he's the type of person that when adversity comes, like you can see that he's going to work through it. And yeah, in terms of my big worry about him, why I didn't want him, um, was because of his goals, um, but yeah, again, six goals in seven games. I can't can't really complain, man. So yes, I think he's doing good. I again, like Joe, would probably still sign Zaha just for that competition. But at the same time, I'm one of those people that think actually keep the midfield free as it is, and so that kind of makes Mount and Loftus Cheek more options for the wing. So I kind of have to think about that into into the kind of conversation when I'm thinking about bringing in new players. But yeah, I I think. 
we've we've said enough. But talking about Mount, um, I get, Mount didn't start, and I saw actually on the timeline a lot of people saying one of the reasons why we didn't do as well is because we played better with Mount in the lineup. So I think um, we've come up to that hour. Um, what are you guys' last thoughts on this? So how important do you think Mount is to our starting eleven? Um, we'll go with Anu first. Um, I think Mount's importance, but I don't think he was the reason why we played poorly yesterday. Okay. Yesterday, I don't even think to say we we, we defended poorly, but I I don't think Mount would have made that much of a difference if I'm if I'm honest. He would have maybe tracked back a bit more to the halfway line, but I don't think that was a fundamental reason. And I actually was quite um, I like the way that the setup in terms of midfield and attack started. Mm. And I like the way Mount came on because he's very energetic and that when they're getting tired, that made much more sense. Mm. But I was just counterproductive because everyone rushed up with him as well. So it just didn't, it yeah. didn't even work. But no, I don't think that was the reason we, we drew yesterday. Um, I was happy with him starting with the way he did, same as City, and um, that was fine. Mm. I think Mount is good for some games. I think against weaker teams, Mount's going to be very effective and yeah. class. I think against the big game, which he has had a couple, including that menu early on, kind of getting a bit found out. But was, listen, he's young, he's still developing. Um, so I'll close at that. I think he's got a lot of learning to do. Um, let's not gas him yeah. way too much right now. Um, Tom, what are you saying? Yeah, pretty much agree with everything Andy said there. Um, yeah, essentially, he is still a very young guy, still has a lot to learn. So, yes, let's not like put him on this pedestal just yet. Um, I don't feel like Mount would have made a huge difference starting the game because I feel like the problems were more probably more structural um, towards the end of the game anyway. I mean, he, he did come on and he, he was kind of drowned out. Um, so uh, I don't see what Mount could have brought to the team. It's not like we were lacking energy because the game was electric. So that I feel, I feel like Mount. That's the biggest um, thing he brings to the team right now: energy. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, we were lacking it. So I don't think um, he would have changed much. Maybe, maybe he would have been a bit more clinical up front because I felt like a forward line was a bit wasteful. Yeah. Uh, yesterday, but apart from that, nah. Um, yeah, Anu. Uh, no, so did I go Anu already, Joe. Yeah, um, I think I think we miss him when he's when he's not playing. Um, but I, I think that's because just the the way that he he presses is insane. I think yeah. the amount of pressure that he he puts teams under, and he always seems to force quite big mistakes out of teams. So yeah. I don't. Th- I think that there's a lot of stuff he needs to improve on when he's in possession. Um, yeah. He, he gives me a bit of the Oscar vibes, you know. That when he's on it, I think he's he's exceptionally good. But when he's he's not the uh, not the races, you know, he's yeah. I mean, his his form isn't as uh, isn't as noticeably good. But I think off the ball, you know, particularly for a young player, I mean, you have to commend just both in terms of how how intelligently he presses, but just his his capacity to run as well is insane. So yeah. I think I think we do miss him, particularly when the, the team, as you say, doesn't look like it's carrying the most energy because I think he can sort of bring that and inject it but I don't think that he's he's the difference maker between you know a two will draw and us winning three two or four two I just think that when he's in the team we play with a little bit more tempo just because of uh his his kind of work rate and his energy 
Okay, cool. Do you know what? I forgot. We talked about Batshuayi, but we really didn't get around to Tammy. And obviously got injured. Um, but I think one of the big oh, oh. questions... Annie, was you going to say something? I said RIP, done. Is he done. <laughs> You're saying he's done. Now, Lampard said he's fine, man. But the, I think one of the big questions that came out of the last couple of matches is that um, people are questioning his abilities to score in the big games. Um, do any of you have that worry too? Or do you feel like, you know, it's just, it'll come? Yeah, I saw that tweet. There was I saw one tweet that said like, Big six big games and an X by his name or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Or uh, was that? I don't know. Was that you? You that? Um, yeah, that was probably but, me. Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. <laughs> uh, yeah. Plug. Um, no, yeah, I think it will come. Um, it's obviously it's, it's classic harder games, less chances. It's more difficult, yeah. but I think he was also very unlucky. The unreal save from um, Lenter keeper yesterday. Yeah. Man, when he opened his body and put one against him. But listen, that's that's good. He's making chances. Yeah. I think it's if he's not having any shots or not doing any of that. Um, so I'm, I'm confident that it will come. So not even worried about that at all. Yeah, but it's, there's a question about whether it will come. It could come. So like, for instance, like you said, that was really good. I think one thing that Tammy's good at is the instinctive shots when it comes in. And that was a great save. But again, the Man United match, he hit the post from an instinctive shot as well. But yeah, like you said, like the chances in the big games are few and far in between. And like he doesn't seem to get that many chances. It seems to be like one chance every like a couple of games in the big games. I don't know if that's how you feel, Joe. Um, I mean I I I kind of agree with Annie. I mean I, I think it will come. Um I think he's at least in Myers, I think he's played better than I mean if we're looking at some of the early games he's played, I think his performances have been better. Um yeah. Maybe he's he's sacrificing a bit for the team in terms of getting into some of the positions that I would expect him to be in. Um, mm. You know, there, there was you know he did have a chance yesterday, which was an insane save as well. But um, I mean, I, I think it will come eventually. Mm. Um, you know, he, he's improved massively, I think, already this season. And I think once again he gets sort of adjusted to to the Premier League. And I think maybe again if we have a little bit more of a a structured uh, sort of team, maybe sort of around him in terms of the the players that he's playing with regularly. Then I, I do think it'll come. Um, but it's 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 as you say until it until it happens, it's just it's going to be one of those questions that, that hangs around him for a bit. So mm. um, I'm, I'm hopeful that you know he can get that off his uh, off his back soon because um, uh, you know again I, I think that he he has potential to to be a Chelsea striker. Mm. Um, it's just a question now of of can you start producing as you say in the in the bigger moments when yeah. he's uh, when he's really needed. I remember the Liverpool game; he had a one on one that he missed too. But I think, exactly, yeah. I think at least he's getting chances. That's what I'll say um, in big games. At least he's getting chances, and I, I always say that Tammy makes sure the keeper works as well. A lot of time he will make sure the keeper works, which is a good thing. But another thing I'll say is that I saw a tweet as well, and I'll come. I'll still come to you, Tom. But I saw a tweet as well that. Tammy hasn't scored any of the goals in the, like, do you know that close six-yard box or whatever? So he's scoring in the penalty area, but he's not really getting tap-ins. Now, purely, like, the guys he's playing with, Reese James is putting whips in, but William doesn't take, William likes to take extra touches rather than getting the good ball in. And I think Pulisic, he delivers, but he kind of delivers close to the goal. So I think maybe we need people that are going to be putting the ball in the air a bit more because I feel like he can dominate. He's taller than most of these guys. But Tom, what what what's your thoughts on it? Um, yeah, I'm not worried at all about Tammy. Um, 
he's just he's a natural goal scorer. Like yeah. people forget this. He is a natural goal scorer. And what I'm looking at when it comes to his big game performances is does what does he do off off the ball? What does he do when he's on the ball? And I feel like his performances, like if you take out goals in bigger games, he's actually led the line really, really well. He's he's a proper spearhead for that team and we play much better when Tammy plays up front. Okay, but what, um, what I'll say quickly is that we've lost every single big game. And so if he's played well, um, away from scoring goals, one thing we've lacked is the goals to win it, right? And that's his yeah, main yeah. job. So that's not enough, really and truly. And that's not being harsh on Tammy, but when it comes down to it, our attack has to... So in the, the reason why we've done well this season is the games that Tammy's has scored in, the goals have been the difference. It's not just the hold-up, it's the goals. Um, we, yeah, haven't, yeah. we haven't won the big games because we lack the goals, right? So... Yeah, that's not against Tammy, but and I, I hear you 100%. There's more to a striker's game than just goals, but um, we're hoping, I guess, that that will come. And then, yeah, like we can we can depend on him. Like Because currently, like we said, we did the preview pod, and we, we asked, who can we depend on coming into this week? We've got two big games. And the only big game player we said was, well, two, we said Kovacic and Kante. And actually, Kante's been scoring goals, and Kovacic came up trumps. But we're, we've got a young squad, but we're going to need a lot of these players to, to become big game players for us if we want to do anything within the season. But yeah, um, thanks, guys. That's been another edition of Chessie Hour. Tom, you've been good, man. You made me... like No one's challenged me like that, bro. I told you to, to stop. You just kept on talking. You're, like, you're, not, you're not coming back again, but you've, been, you've had a good... <laughs> you've had a good appearance. Anu and Joe, I'm sure we'll see both of you back. It's been another yeah, edition of... Um, yeah, go on. Arsenal, Arsenal lost today, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Arsenal lost. United lost to a team. Hey, I can't That's pronounce. Good. It's, good news. it's a mad one. It's good a mad news. one. It's good. It's good. We eat. All right. So cool. There's um. I hope you guys. I don't know if you're all obviously Joe. You're based in Denmark, but we got a live show. Touchdown Fracker, December the fifteenth, Vauxhall Street Garden. All the guys are going to be there from all the different podcasts. Um. So yeah, make sure you attend. Thanks. It's been Chelsea Hour. Don't forget to use the hashtag Touchdown Fracker. We will see hear you well, you will hear us next week. Alright, cheers. Cheers guys. Thank you. Cheers. Total Wine & More is a wonderland to explore. Thousands of wines and spirits, unexpected pairings and great gifts, low prices and helpful guides. Make the holidays magical at Total Wine & More. Drink responsibly, be 21. Sports Social Podcast Network.